0: Amen, well it's good to be in the house of the Lord this evening, if you have your Bibles would you open up to the book of Revelation chapter 12, we're going to read verses 7 to 12, and war broke out in heaven, Michael and his angels fought with the dragon and the dragon and his angels fought. But they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old, called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Then I heard a loud voice saying, in heaven, now salvation and strength And the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you having great wrath because he knows that he has a short time. You know, we might look and think that there is little attack against us, that the attack we're facing is, is manageable. The attack doesn't seem that extreme, it doesn't appear that violent. The attack in our location, our side of the world, is palatable. I want to remind us tonight by the Spirit of the Lord that we have a wild and raging enemy. He has been cast down to the earth. He's come down to us, and he is incredibly angry because he knows his time is nearly over. He roams around seeking those that he could bring death to and to their lives and to their dreams and their hopes and the destiny of God concerning their life, to steal from them, to destroy all that is right. He knows the end he will face. He knows his fate. He knows where he is headed. I would say tonight, do not be fooled. The devil is raging with anger. He's seeking to tear down and pull down and kill and destroy all that he can, and he is using all the means he can. Now, we need to be aware of our adversary. It might look like in our culture there's not much attack, we can handle ourselves, but the devil works in subtle ways, hidden ways that we might not see as such a big deal, but he's using even simple things to bring us down, to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Listen to verse 12 in the voice. It says, "'Disaster will befall the earth and the sea.'" For the devil has come down to your spheres, and he is incredibly angry because he knows his time is nearly over. And the message reads, he's wild and raging with anger. He hasn't much time, and he knows it. And how do we overcome? How do we prevail? How do we fight? How do we ensure that we we succeed? That we're not brought down by this raging adversary. That he doesn't win out concerning our life. I want to share the words of David Wilkerson in just a moment. My kids were doing the Christ City Kids Rap. Anybody know what that is? I'm sure there's a few children's church leaders. I mean, we don't even call it that anymore, but what do we call it? kids church they know this rap and the kids were at home and i was listening in and they were you know having a little competition competition is good we believe in my house and winners and losers and uh that's healthy even though society would tell us differently and so, you know, one would start, and they'd try and say it as fast as they possibly could, and then the next would go and say it as fast as they possibly could, and just back and forth, back and forth. And what they were doing is, whatever someone would mess up, you know, that person lost the point. And so listening to them go back and forth. Well, one of them, it got to that line that says, blood bought. That's in there, right? Just make sure they know what they're doing. So blood bought, and instead, one of them said, blood taught. And all of a sudden it stopped and, you know, you lost the point. And they proceeded with the game. And I sat back and I thought, yeah, a mistake, perhaps, perhaps. But I thought about the application concerning us. When it comes to the rap, it was a mistake. But I want to say tonight that as believers, we are blood bought, but then we need to be blood taught. I believe that there are many, many believers that, if it's possible, have been blood-bought, but they haven't gone any further with God. They haven't gone any further with their Savior, and they're not blood-taught. The words of David Wilkerson, The blood of Jesus is the most precious gift our Heavenly Father has given to His church. Yet few Christians understand its value. Christians often sing about the power of the blood. Indeed, the anthem of the Pentecostal church is, and many of you might know this. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. But most believers seldom enter into the power of that blood probably because we simply do not comprehend its great significance. For example, we constantly plead the blood as some kind of mystical formula of protection, but few Christians can explain its glory and benefits. If I were to ask you what the power of the blood means, you might answer, it means that all my sins are forgiven and I am free. Yet beyond forgiveness, what does the blood of Jesus Christ mean to you? Can you explain to your family or to a co-worker the worth and significance of the blood of Jesus? Let me share with you the benefits that flow from the blood of Jesus. And he puts it so, just so wonderfully. Jesus' blood redeems us from sin and the power of darkness. In whom we have redemption through his blood, Ephesians 1-7, we are no longer under condemnation. Jesus' blood has purchased the whole church of God. Feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood, Acts 20 28. Jesus' blood breaks down all walls. But now in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ, for he is our peace who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us, Ephesians 2 13 and 14. Jesus' blood sanctifies us. How many are thankful for that tonight? The blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin, 1 John 1, 7. Christ's blood overcomes Satan. And they overcame him, the devil, by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, Revelation 12, 11. The blood gives us access to the holy of holies, to our heavenly Father, having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, Hebrews 10, 19. Through the blood of Jesus, we are able to come to our Father boldly without fear. Five points tonight. Number one, let the blood teach you freedom from condemnation. I hope we can receive this, take it into our life, apply the word. Let the blood teach you freedom from condemnation. Ephesians 1, 7, it says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Romans 8, 1 reads, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. The Passion Translation says, So now the case is closed. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union with Jesus, the anointed one. You know, the truth is, the enemy, the accuser, comes after us. To bring condemnation, feelings of condemnation, feelings of failure, feelings of worthlessness, feelings of shamefulness feelings of unworthiness. He is an expert at reminding us of the things the blood has already dealt with. Is that not the truth? We look at our own lives and oftentimes we feel, you know, plagued by things in the past. These things come back. The enemy brings them into our mind to bring us these feelings of unworthiness to come before God. It's It says condemnation, but there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. But the enemy is an expert. He's been at it a long time, coming to constantly remind us of the things that the blood has already dealt with. if we are in right relationship with the Lord, if we are walking not after the flesh, these accusations hold no ground. Revelation 12.10, it reads, Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren who accused them before God day and night has been cast down. We have to let the blood teach us freedom from condemnation. Blood bought, but we move on and we're blood taught. The precious blood of Jesus teaching us freedom from condemnation. You see, it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. And the Lord does not want us continually affected by unwarranted condemnation. That is not the plan of God for our lives. That we're constantly affected by this unwarranted condemnation. The enemy coming and reminding us of things that the blood has already dealt with. And I wonder how many are affected when the devil comes and reminds them of the things the blood has already dealt with. The relationship with Jesus is affected. The relationship with the church is affected. Their relationship with believers is affected. Their relationship with the word is affected. Their relationship with worship is affected. All these things start to just crumble because the enemy has come and they have not allowed the blood to teach them freedom from condemnation. Maybe it's our own heart that condemns us. And the enemy is fostering this. Let's read 1 John 3.20. It says, For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. The Passion Translation, Whenever our heart makes us feel guilty and reminds us of our failures, we know that God is much greater and more merciful than our conscience, and he knows everything there is to know about us. I just want to say tonight, we need the blood to continue To teach us freedom from condemnation all the days of our lives. Because the enemy will continue to come after us in this way. And so we must continue to hear the better words spoken over us by the blood. Hebrews 12, 24. And we have come to Jesus who established a new covenant with his blood sprinkled upon the mercy seat. Blood listen to this, that continues to speak from heaven, forgiveness. Number two tonight, let the blood teach you your proximity. Let the blood teach you your proximity. Ephesians 2, verses 13 and 14, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ, For he himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation. If we are in Christ and we feel far off, these feelings are simply wrong. Feelings can mess with things. Feelings can mess with us. Feelings can cause issues where there was no issue. Feelings can cause issues where no issue existed. And we need the blood to teach us our proximity. We need the blood to deal with wrong emotions. We need the blood of Jesus to so thoroughly and completely teach us our proximity to the Lord that the enemy can never get to us in this way. That the enemy can't come and lie to us and say that we're distant from God, or that God's far off, or God's not close, or God doesn't care, or God's not right beside you. We need the blood to teach us our proximity, how close we really are to God, how strong this union is, so that when the enemy comes to tell us otherwise, we're not having it. When the enemy comes to try and convince us that we're far off, let's just quote Ephesians 2, verse 13 and stand on the word. It says, but now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. The enemy comes, just quote scripture right back at him like Jesus did. Number three, let the blood teach you holiness. blood bought but blood taught let the blood teach you holiness first John 1 7 and the blood of Jesus Christ his son cleanses us from all sin the passion translation and the blood of Jesus his son I love this continually cleanses us from all sin now I thank God that he is teaching us holiness through the blood of Jesus That as we continue to apply the blood of Jesus to our lives, we are being perfected in holiness. You know what's actually happening? Sin issues are being taught away. Waywardness is being taught away. Things we are battling are being taught the holiness of Christ. Poor character is being taught the richness of godliness. We need to cry out every day that the blood would teach us holiness. We need to walk out. We know that we're blood-bought, but Lord, today, let the blood teach me holiness. If there's any sin issues, waywardness, things I'm battling, struggling, facing, poor character in me, I need your blood to teach, teach those areas the righteousness and the richness of Christ. His blood is alive and active and powerful. It is alive and active and powerful. So I'd encourage us tonight to move from just simply blood-bought, which, wow, that's so amazing, isn't it? But to blood-taught. It'll change our lives. It'll change our relationship with the Lord. It'll change our relationship with others. It will change our relationship with the house of God. It'll change our relationship with prayer, with fasting. It'll change our relationship with worship. You know what? It'll change our relationship with the sinner. With those that don't know Jesus. Because we're blood taught. Number four. Let the blood teach you to be an overcomer. So many Christians are just defeated. Living in defeat, they don't feel like an overcomer. They feel overcome. And that's the confession. That's the demeanor. That's the attitude. That's the outlook. It's, I'm not more than an overcomer. I'm I'm overcome. You talk to them, it's not a confession of an overcomer. It's the confession of one that's overcome. Revelation 12, 11, it says, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. You see, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb. His blood continuing to teach us Beyond the point of salvation, the blood of the lamb actually gives us testimony, and the blood of the lamb should cause us not to love our lives, even to the death. The message reads they defeated him through the blood of the lamb and the bold word of their witness, and they weren't in love with themselves. They were willing to die for Christ. You know, I ask tonight, just a question. Can we be blood-bought and yet love ourselves? Can we be blood-bought and be in love with ourselves? Can we be blood-taught and yet love ourselves? And I would say, no. And this is the great key to living as an overcomer. You see, the devil wants us to fall in love with ourselves. To love our own lives. To not seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, but seek first every other thing. Fall in love with our popularity. Fall in love with our career. Fall in love with whatever it is, and we put these things up first before God. And so the enemy comes, and he wants us to fall in love with ourselves, to do anything he can to get us to fall in love with ourselves. You know what? The enemy will put people in your life that aren't good people, but they will make you feel good and make you fall in love with yourself. And so many fall for it, and so they're off running around. They've fallen in love with themselves, and all is well because they feel good. But we can only truly feel good when we fall in love with Christ, and we allow His love to come. And totally control us to take over. When we surrender all, when we we let him steal our heart, when we just give it over to him. The devil wants us to fall in love with ourselves, and this is why we so desperately need the blood to teach us to be overcomers. It's something every single one of us face, and will face. Number five. Let the blood teach you boldness. You know, I think God wants bold believers. Hebrews 10, verses 19 to 22, it says, Therefore, brethren, having boldness, that is confidence, to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh, And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. You see, the blood is our boldness. We boast in Christ alone. The blood is actually our boldness. The blood gives us the boldness. The blood is our boldness as we approach the Father as we enter right face to face before God as we come into his presence. The blood is our boldness. It's because of the blood that we we can have this confidence. We come boldly before the throne. You know, we used to sing this old song way back in the day. We come boldly before the throne, yet with every step we tread with reverence. And I loved how the writer put that together. It was Matt Redman, I believe. Put those two lines together. You know, we we come in, we're bold. We come in with confidence. We come in with the blood. Yet with every step we tread with reverence because he's a holy God. And we know that we only have boldness and confidence because we come with the blood. And we come through the veil that was torn, which is the body of Christ. We don't come in our own merit. We don't walk in and strut in. Our own ego, our own pride, thinking we're something. No, we come and we say, God, this is enough. I know it's enough, the blood of Jesus. And thank you. But we do come with this boldness because the blood is our boldness. And I trust we can understand that tonight. The Lord wants us to draw near with the true heart in full assurance of faith. And we draw near having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. Hebrews 9, 14, it says, How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience? from dead works, to serve the living God. We draw near with our bodies washed with pure water, the word says. And again, I want to say this boldness isn't some puffed up, prideful, egotistical kind of boldness. This is not arrogant. It's not big-headed. It's not prideful. The message reads, So, friends, We can now, without hesitation, walk right up to God. I mean, think about it. Into the holy place. Jesus has cleared the way by the blood of his sacrifice, acting as our priest before God. The curtain into God's presence is his body. So let's do it, full of belief, confident that we're presentable inside and out. Let's keep a firm grip on the promises that keep us going. He always keeps his word. Now, if I am in right relationship with the Lord, he wants me to approach him full of belief, confident that I'm presentable. That is his desire. That's how he wants us to come into his presence. That's how he wants us to come into church that's how he wants us to enter into a time of prayer or worship that if we're in right relationship with him we approach him full of belief confident that we are presentable and again our boldness is the blood if i approach him in any other manner what am i showing him concerning my view of the precious blood of jesus let's just think about that tonight And so I would say, let the blood teach you boldness. Let the blood teach you this confidence. Let's have the worship team return. One more scripture out of the Passion Translation. We've already read it tonight. It says, and since we now have a magnificent king priest to welcome us into God's house, we come closer to God and approach him with an open heart, Fully convinced by faith that nothing will keep us at a distance from him. For our hearts have been sprinkled with blood to, remo- to remove, remove impurity. And we have been freed from an accusing conscience. I, I just believe that's a word for someone here tonight. Freed from an accusing conscience. And now we are clean, unstained, and presentable to God inside and out. I want to encourage All of us this evening to allow the blood to teach us that we would be believers that are blood-bought and we are also blood taught all the days of our lives blood bought blood taught the blood teaching us freedom from condemnation teaching us our proximity teaching us holiness teaching us to be overcomers and teaching us boldness and I would say tonight it was no mistake blood taught is right. Let's stand. Would you just take a moment and just ask that the Lord would come and teach you, that the Lord would come and teach us by the blood. And perhaps that's where we're at tonight and it's one of those areas we need the blood to come and teach us freedom from condemnation because it's really messing with our relationship with Jesus it's messing with our relationship with prayer and worship and the word of god it's messing with our relationship with the church with fellow believers Maybe that's exactly where we're at tonight. The enemy is coming constantly and reminding us of things that the blood has already dealt with. And we need to cry out, Lord, I need the blood to teach me freedom from condemnation tonight. Maybe tonight we're here and it's this proximity thing and we feel like God is so far. But it says that if we walk according to the spirit, not according to the flesh, we are close to God. We are near to God. We've been brought near to him. And maybe that's what it is tonight. It's our own heart. Just something wayward inside, and the enemy's using it, or perhaps the enemy's coming, or maybe it's situation or circumstance, and we're questioning our proximity to God, and I'd say tonight, let the blood teach you your proximity. Would you let the blood teach you holiness? God, come and let your blood teach us holiness. We cry out that your blood would teach us Lord, where we have poor character, that the blood would teach the character, the richness of Christ. You teach us the righteousness of Christ. Teach us to be overcomers, Lord. We need to be overcomers. We overcome by the blood. The blood is our confidence. The blood is our boldness. And Lord, if we lack that tonight, I pray that we would take the blood. And we would come in, Lord. We'd come in with reverence, Lord. We'd come in with humility, Lord. Surrender before you. But God, we know that we we can come full of belief that we are presentable to you because of Jesus. The team's just going to lead. Just begin to pour your own heart to the Lord just for a few moments. We'll close in prayer. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.